time on the East Coast on a Monday night live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. On a Monday, lots to do. Big show tonight on a, uh, what was a nice day here? Boy, I tell you, we cannot complain about the winter so far in New York. It was a beautiful day yesterday, beautiful day today. About 52, 53 degrees, which is not like, you know, you're not going to go tanning or anything, but... uh, (laughs) At least you're not freezing. I can wear my uh, Birkenstocks and be comfortable outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I see what you're wearing. So, um, oh, it's good. So, Monday night, glad you're in. Real America's Voice, all of our social media as well, of course, at LFS6B. And right now, live on Getter, Real AM Voice. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Geo friend holding it down as always. Rick Delgado's here doing the news. Slick Rick sitting right there, gonna do some sports, looking very slick in the all black tonight. Slick Rick, how are you? Good, Big D. How we doing tonight? Very good. Well, you must have. There is so much going on in sports. Not yeah. all of it great, but some of it good. Yep. Some good stories out there. You must be locked and loaded here tonight. Busy day. I don't know if I'll have enough time to get to everything tonight, but we got some good ones, Big D. How about that UFC 285 and your bold-faced prediction that went right? <laughs> right, man, yeah. I'll tell you. Wow. Uh, somebody called me on, not called me up, but made a comment to me on Getter about it. Yeah. And I said, boy, you're absolutely right. I couldn't have been yeah. more dead wrong about this girl. I thought she'd have a hard time keeping her head on her shoulders, uh, and uh, yeah. she you, choked you her out that. and won the fight. <laughs> yeah, and then we got that story on uh, Ja Moran Morant. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That goes with <laughs> ja Mo- John Morant. Moran. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Crazy. Boy needs some help. Yeah, clearly. Clearly he needs something yep. because, obviously, $25 million a year and the um, – a first-place team and the chance of an NBA title is not enough to keep them just just, just go to bed. Right. <laughs> just go to bed. How about that? Uh, go go to work, play a good game, sign some autographs, take some pictures, talk to the media, and then go to bed. It's all about being in the club, Big D. You know that. Yeah, that's about being in the jail. You know that. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's, and that's it. Moran Moran. That's about really getting 50 stupid. games suspended. Really that's, that's stupid. Yeah, let's ask Joe what he thinks. Joe, what do you, what do you really think? That really is stupid. Yeah, I agree. That's the first time I agree with Joe. That is pretty stupid. So uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Mr. Delgado, how are you? Uh, what's up, Dame? I mean, what's up, Dame? Um, well, nothing. Everything's good. How was your weekend? It was all right. Why do you ask me when I asked you? Well, because I was trying to find a way to slide the WhatsApp uh, mention in there. Why? What's because, wrong with WhatsApp? Uh, well, if you... If I've you're, never used it. If you're an, a, fa- a fan of UK health, uh, some, store, some stuff broke this weekend. So we'll get into that regarding the, uh, the COVID stuff. I think with you WhatsApp? About, you heard about COVID? I've heard of that, yes. Okay. I haven't heard... I don't use WhatsApp, but I've heard of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff with COVID to uh, get into. Fauci emails. That little uh, criminal, my opinion. Um, and maybe someday he'll uh, live up to that, that billing that I give him. He should. We'll see. Uh, maybe we'll get into that. There's a lot to get into. David Zier is going to join us uh, tonight. Uh, he should be here soon. So we can recap his week at CPAC. And I watched um, Harry and the boys. And the coverage on Real America's Voice was fantastic. No matter what CPAC ended up being, I don't know in totality what the feeling is on CPAC. There's a lot of reports out there about them selling half the number of tickets and, you know, people who weren't there and organizations that weren't there and whatever. Uh, but, it's, but I can tell you this. The Real America's Voice booth was not a, was not a reflection of the overall 
whatever was going on overall at, on the CPAC numbers because the RAV booth was off the chain from what I could tell and from what everybody was reporting to me. The, the mo- probably the most exciting place to be was the, the RAV booth. You had Bannon out there. You had all of our, mo- almost all our shows during the day were there. John and Amanda were there at 6. Steve Gruber was there. Obviously, Ed and Karen did a fantastic job anchoring the morning, and they did a 4 o'clock special a couple days. And then obviously in Terrence. Terrence is great. Um, and David Zier was great. David Zier uh, interviewed Silk. He inter- I saw him interview a bunch of people. And the Zen Master made an appearance on the, really? on the air, from I what I could that. tell. So people were excited to see the Zen. Did he have his own have red phone with him in case he needed to uh, reach out to you or no? Well, no. I mean, his, my red phone connects right to his cell oh, phone. Okay. So that's the way we originally oh, – okay. you know, he doesn't need a red phone. Gotcha. Only I have the bat phone. He has the real phone. Um, so the coverage was great. Um, so we'll talk to David Zier about CPAC. And the president spoke on Saturday afternoon around 5 o'clock for an hour and 45 minutes. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Man, when he gets on policy, I know some of the stories are the same stories you've heard. Fine. You got to just, that's fine. Um, but man, when he gets going on policy, he, uh, I mean, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how you do any better. You know, you went, you went off script where it was appropriate to tell some of these stories and had some really good kind of zingers in there. No, they wouldn't have taken anything with me. With Obama, they took Crimea. He says, <laughs> he says with Biden, they're trying to take everything. And then he follows it up with, of course, he won't know that they took anything. <laughs> so he had some, re- he had some really good, uh, he's, his comedic timing is, is extremely good. He's ve- very underrated. His comedic timing is excellent. And he had some good one-liners, good some zingers, but overall, it just, you can't, He's hard to touch when he is on, on message and on focus. And he's laying out, he's, he's laying out policy proposals like he was, mm-hmm. laying out his vision. I don't care who gets in the race. If he, could stay, if he stays doing that, when he talks about the deep state and he talks about all this other stuff, it, it, he's going to be hard to deal with. Well, didn't he win the straw poll by like 40, 40 points or something? The Real America's Voice, uh, by the way, sponsored straw poll. I think he took 62%. DeSantis took 23 or something like that. And everybody else took about skim milk, which is probably a pretty good reflection of what the uh, real numbers will be by the time we get into this deal. These people running who are going to, you know, pull skim milk the whole time, 1%, 2%. And DeSantis isn't even in the race. I heard, just heard Raheem Kassam on with Grant Stinchfield, who did a great hour before us. Raheem says, well, um, DeSantis will get in like, you know, June wait his time and he doesn't like the shadow uh this the the shadow campaigning that he feels like he's doing now i guess so so we'll get david zier's take on cpac but i thought the president's speech was excellent the way he mixed in talking about people who were in the crowd talked about cash patel i heard him uh acknowledge richard grinnell gordon chang his acknowledgement of gordon chang uh, was 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 pretty cool given all the china stuff he's he's he said, I listen to everything you say, and I agree with not all of it, but most of it. And I was referencing some of Gordon Chang last week here on the show. 
Uh, heard him talk about Levin. Obviously, Levin was there. Boy, Levin took it right to CPAC at CPAC. In what way? Well, he got on the stage and said, uh, you know, I love CPAC, you know, but all of these, all these people who come on this stage and tell you, I'm going to get rid, I'm going to, I'm going to take the FBI, I'm burning this down and I'm taking this down and I'm defunding this, I'm defunding this. He says, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. So it's, it may be the couth thing in thing to come up here and say, but the, the, that's not happening. Now, he was good. He's always good. Him and his wife are out there. She asked some questions. He answers good. He actually relayed something about an incident he had at CPEC that I was kind of surprised that, that uh, they let happen. I guess he didn't have any security with him, which is somewhat surprising. And if, if someone with 16 million listeners on radio shows up, you'd think he'd have somebody at least walking him to wherever he wants to go. He oh. gets accosted by uh, this uh, group with Nick Fuentes. Oh, isn't that the guy who showed up at uh, Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, that none of us knew. Right. Yeah, I heard his name again. Him and uh, him and his band of uh, wackos, whack jobs, <laughs> came up from behind him as he was walking down Radio Row with a bunch of uh, cameras in his face and got right up in his face. It's, it's pretty ugly sounding. And surprisingly, Levin said whoever was he was walking with took off. I was thinking if I was there, I would have <laughs> run over there and UFC'd him. There you go. With, to protect the great one. Are you kidding me? Ima- took imagine, off. imagine Levin having you by his side. Oh, oh man, come on. Nobody's Good getting together. next to this six-foot-five banana. No way. No way. Look no at way. this. I was ready to go here in this <laughs> story. I was like, damn, see, I should have been there. <laughs> he looks like my bodyguard whenever we go out for dinner. He's walks in front of me. I'm like, oh, good shit. Oh, so jumped right over there and said. <laughs> oh, he can put you on his lap, though. Listen man. here, losers. He does. <laughs> Go back to the go back to the uh, Radisson across the street, wherever the hell you rented out these rooms. So, well, I'll be interested to get David Zier's take on. Uh, he did some great interviews, but the Rav Booth, man, come on! I don't know how it gets any better than that from the coverage I saw. Everybody and Ben Berkwam. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do it better than he, he does it when he talks to people. Chris Carter too. I mean, just everybody. Ed and Karen Bannon was just wild. <laughs> still, did he drop any f-bombs I, just, I don't know because no, last, yeah. last time he was doing live tv at one of these events i no, think it was back you know, in january he, he dropped like four f-bombs he, and then it, then he, he walked off he had the crowd <laughs> he had the crowd going so much that one of the neighboring booths i heard <laughs> complained to security to try to get him to quiet down i mean come on man just because you got two people at your booth i mean what do you come on don't rain on our parade we got we're happening man we're the happening kids on the block now so i don't know everybody seemed to have fun so um so just quickly because there was a lot going on this weekend obviously a lot in sports a lot in news we'll recap everything david zero will be here we'll talk about cpac talk about the president's speech a little more but let's talk about joe biden you know one of the great shams perpetuated on the american people over all these years, has been Joe Biden's relationship with the African-American community. And he is just a habitual liar. He's a vicious liar. He was a racist and segregationist growing up. He still is. We all know that. We've heard the comments. And there he is in Selma over the weekend. And I just... His pandering to um, the African-American community and his ability to get by with it because of the media is just really, 
It's really unbelievable, as much as it's not new. But he continues to tell the same lies over and over and over again. He acts as if he, he wasn't who he was growing up. He acts as if we don't know all the things um, he opposed, like, like uh, federally ordered school busing that Kamala Harris took him apart on the debate stage. And he acts as if we, he hasn't had relationships with uh, James Eastland and all these senators when he first broke into the Senate. He acts as if he hasn't said racially charged things his entire career. He acts as if we're all not aware of his past, divisive as it is. And he gets held up as this, somehow having this uh, attachment to the civil rights movement and the whole black church thing and the whole, I mean, it's just such a sham. I I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Things like that. (laughs) I mean, it's so I want to get into that as well, because this speech he gave about voting rights and what uh, Republicans are doing. I mean, he's just he's the dumbest person to ever hold this office or any other office. And he's a vicious liar on top of it. All right. Live from Studio 6B, just getting started on a Monday night. Lots to do. Glad you're in. Make sure you share, like the show. We'll be back with news and sports right after this. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold Group. Despite the U.S. blowing through the $32 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House and President Biden still refuse to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, I think it's time to pull yours and ours out. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold. I saw Philip Patrick at CPAC. He did a great job as well, by the way. Uh, Diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king. It is dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word AMERICA and send it to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold. And then you can talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this, to dig the country out of the mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $248,000, and it's only going to get worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting AMERICA to 989898. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text AMERICA to 989898. I encourage you to do it today with our friends from Birch Gold. All right, 18 past the hour on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. David Zier is in the house. He's joined us. We'll get to him in a second. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Fresh in from D.C. <laughs> and my local school district because they're all nuts. Oh, we're going to hear about that, too. A little added extra story here. Mr. Zier has been taking on today on Monday as he gets back to New York. But we'll talk about CPAC in a second. But let's do some news and hear what the news. News is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, who also I saw at CPAC. And he was fired up doing a great job as well. I uh, saw him over at the booth. Saw him with. Did you get? Did you get the? Um, 
Uh, I Lindell usually do. On the floor. I've interviewed him a lot, but uh, he was so busy and overwhelmed next yeah. door to us. And the Rav Booch was front and center. So even Lindell TV and Newsmax didn't get as much of attention as Rav. It was really <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lindell was, uh, you know, he's always inundated. The people love him. Uh, so oh, yeah. I didn't want to, like, bother him. I saw him at the Reagan dinner, said hi, got a quick pick together. Um, just an extraordinary man. All right, we'll talk about all that with David coming up. Let's do the news. It's brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there. We do appreciate it very much. LFS6B is your promo code to use. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, we're doing sports. Rodeo Houston, here we go through the weekend. Actually, it goes right through the 19th NRG Stadium. We've been reporting on this all week. So let's go. We're in Super Series 1, sports. boys. Not doing news. You're right. doing sports. That's yeah, right. right. Well, you That's said right. news twice. Oh, I did? Yes. Yes, you go said back. news. Let's go back and look at the tape. Oh, oh we got to go back and look at the tape <laughs> shortly. You have to get done what with this rodeo. What talking about? <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? This ain't calculus. This He's is 50 now. Here we go. We got third round. Boys, we got Tim O'Connell, 86 and a half points on Bailey Pro Rodeo's Viewmaster. There's Viewmaster again, three thousand dollars. Steer wrestling again. All these are third round, so I won't say third round anymore. Cody Snow, Wesley Thorpe, 4.9 seconds. Saddle Bronk. We got uh, Cade Bruno and on 87 points on J Bar J's Shady Jacket. Looks like what I'm wearing tonight. Todd Aaron Roping as well. Here we go. Caleb Schmidt, uh, 7.5 seconds. Battle racing. We have third round. We got go quick. Gittner, 14.69 tenths. And bull riding, third round. Again, I keep saying third round anyway. J.B. Morney, 88 and a half points on survey championship rodeos. White trash. And uh, the Super Series, bareback as well. Cole, uh, bareback Cole Ryan at 69 points on Bailey Perros. Adam's face, $1.95 million payout. We'll be tracking this rodeo all week as it proceeds. And speaking of action, Big D, oh, good UFC 285, 285 in the books on Saturday night. John Jones submits Cyril Gahn to win UFC heavyweight title. This is Mark Remonde of ESPN. <laughs> Las Vegas in mixed martial arts. There has been John Jones and then everyone else for more than a decade. After a move up in weight and three years away, absolutely nothing has changed. Jones defeated Cyril Gahn with a guillotine choke at 2 minutes 4 seconds of the first round over and done. Saturday night in the main event of UFC 285 at T-Mobile Arena. Jones is now the UFC heavyweight champion after owning the light heavyweight division for years. He already was regarded as the greatest MMA fighter and this victory left zero and I mean zero debate. I've been working for this for a long time Jones said in his post-fight interview. A lot of people thought I, was, I wasn't coming back. I've been faithful to my goal. I've been faithful to the mission. There were days I didn't want to train and I was Always there. Frankly, Jones made the whole thing look easy. He took Gon down, gave him, uh, got him in a seated position against the cage, and locked in the choke. It was unorthodox. Gon uh, seemed to uh, be seemed safe, but Jones put on the squeeze, and Gon had a tap. Big D. Uh, the submission was the third fastest in UFC title bout. Uh, Andre Arvalowski uh, submitted Tim Silver in 47 seconds at UFC 51, and we weren't done. Big D. We had the ladies. We've talked about this. I thought this was going to be a good one, and uh, I'm dreaming. Alexa Grasso dethrones Valentina Shevchenko. Brett Akamato of ESPN. Uh, we're going to roll the tape in a second, uh, uh, G. Las Vegas, the UFC is you know, crowned Gio, three Mexican. I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. I see on. what's coming. Yeah, all right, please. I got I got set up a few times. You know what goes around. What, Rick's being so subtle about it. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Hey, let's just cut the chase. Big D called this fight. He, the, the great prognosticator of all time, UFC, one of the biggest fans I ever met. Big D, tell us what this woman could have left with, with her in her hands there. Go ahead, G. Roll it. Another fight, Valentina uh, won, Shevchenko. Big fight there with Alexa Grasso. I think it's going to be a good match, but Shevchenko, pretty heavy favorite, Big D. She's minus 750 with Grasso plus 550. So, uh, yeah, looking forward yeah. to that. We'll have a full report on Monday. Grasso will be lucky to leave the ring with her head attached to her shoulders. <laughs> well, she must have had all state because she was in good hands, Big D. With under a minute left in the fourth, Shevchenko threw a spinning back kick that exposed her back to Grasso. Grasso timed Shevchenko's move and immediately jumped jumped to her back. The two fell to the floor where Grasso applied a rear naked choke. Shevchenko fought the submission for several moments before eventually... Happened the choke, Big D. It is the sixth upset in UFC, sixth largest upset in UFC title fight in the last 15 years. Woo! That was something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So I can't get everything right. No, you can't. You, you're 80% of the time, I'm right 100%. 80%? Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, what's the rules? Uh, the boss is always right. If, if, uh, rule number two, uh, if the boss is wrong, see rule number one. Uh, listen, I couldn't have been more wrong about this Grasso girl. I didn't know much about her. I just knew Shoshenko, how good she was. I mean, she kicks girls' heads off literally almost. I mean, so... But she was, man, she she got the job done. I watched every second of it. It was it was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, good. I, I, John Jones just, oh, he surprised even me. As good as he is, I didn't. I thought he'd have a little bit more of a fight. But now nah, he just went in there, took care of business in the first round. Good stuff. All right, Big D, I got some NASCAR. We're going to talk about John Morant. And got a couple other stories and some clips that will be coming up in the next sports. Segment. All right, Back Slick Rick, very good. Again, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Let's do some news. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right, a story that I alluded to earlier coming out of the U.K. is Matt Hancock, uh, he's the former health secretary in the UK, uh, suggested to an aide that they frighten the pants off of everyone about COVID. As these messages were published by the Sunday Telegraph, it appears that the former health secretary discussed, discussed when to reveal the existence of the Kent variant of COVID in the UK to ensure that people complied with the lockdown rules. Another exchange, the head of the civil service, Simon Case, suggested that the fear guilt factor was vital to the government's messaging. Boy, that's interesting. More than 100,000 WhatsApp messages were leaked by the Telegraph, uh, or actually to the Telegraph, by journalist Isabel Oakshot, who has been a vocal critic of the lockdowns. The former health secretary has repeatedly criticized the leaks. Not the message that was in the leaks, but criticized the leaks, saying that it's a biased account to suit an anti-lockdown agenda. Uh, In an exchange between Hancock and an aide on the 13th of December 2020, five days before the government scrapped the plans to relax the rules for many over Christmas, the health secretary discussed when to deploy the announcement of the new variant. They are talking about the possibility of uh, London Mayor Sadiq Khan resisting a lockdown for London. The health advisor suggests... Rather than doing too much forward signaling, we can roll pitch with the new strain, uh, which Hancock then suggests we frighten the pants off everyone with the new strain. So uh, interesting stuff coming out of the UK uh, in terms of the lockdown, in terms of COVID and what we're finding out, which is more and more that it was just a big scam all the way around. And all the country's governments seem to have been working in in concert with each other, trying to figure out ways to lock people down and control everything. We'll have more of this and more news coming up. Back to you, Dan. We'll talk to David Zierden, and we'll do some more news coming up in the next segment. If you haven't read Miranda Devine today in the New York Post, I encourage you to go do it. It's on all our socials already, and we'll uh, talk about it here tonight if we have time. On a Monday, live from Studio 6B, we'll talk about CPAC, talk to Mr. Zier. 
And we'll do some more news when we get back live from Studio 6B right after this. minutes past the hour live from studio 6b on a monday night real america's voice glad you're in hope you had a great weekend busy show tonight lots to get to crazy town to get to uh we got an interview david did at cpac with silk of diamond and silk we'll get to that as well um so there was a lot of a lot of talk about cpac and david's here now first of all how are you i'm really great i got back in last night uh it was an extraordinary event as usual uh, yeah, so let's, talk, let's talk about it. Give me your give me your overview. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of um, we've seen a lot of talk in the media about uh, trying to tell us what CPAC is now. The half the tickets sold, a lot of people not showing up, a lot of organizations not showing up. It's not what it used to be. Um, certainly, the RAV booth was not a the RAV booth didn't encompass that. Now maybe we were maybe we were unique to the situation, but the RAV booth looked like it was absolutely off the chain for four, three, four days. Completely off the hook. Um, Best media outlet there, hands down. Blew away Newsmax and everyone else. And they were great, too. But when Bannon comes on and when Ed Henry comes on, and I was parked outside grabbing men on the streets a lot. I did like 65 interviews. These people are extraordinary. And I got to tell you, the media sucks, <laughs> you know, because they're lying. Yeah, attendance was down, maybe 25%. But, you know, you got to remember, CPAC was always a wonky conservative group, and it's really grown since the Tea Party. And then the Republicans kind of hijacked the Tea Party, and, but attendance was like 10,000 years ago. The Gaylord National Convention Center, three to 500 a night to stay there. It's not right in D.C. Used to be packed with college students, CPAC. Turning Point took a little bit of that away because kids drifted over and now they're active on their campuses. But CPAC was always a forum for young people. So it was missing about two or 3,000 young people that I've seen in the past, you know, all dressed nice, all intelligent, watched their parents suffer during COVID, pissed at their colleges for keeping them in dorms during COVID. They're waking up, they're smart, they're intelligent, and they're questioning things, even if they're not conservative, they're libertarian. So that was missing a little bit because I, I don't think kids have any money. And they're going to Turning Point. You got the America Freedom Tour. You got CPAC Florida. You got CPAC Texas. You got all these groups. And it's expensive. It's $1,000 for a kid to come. You know, they got to stay. You know, it, it's, uh, it's not an easy test. And I think attendance was down a little because the average American can't spend $3,000 for sure. days to come. But overall, amazing. People flocked to the Real America's Voice news studio. I got great man on the street videos uh, and then some notables like the Silk. It was the first time I interviewed her without her sister, Diamond. I lost it on the set. I lost it on the set. Um, but she was just... She was so impassioned. And wait till you see her speech that she said. And then she spoke at the Reagan dinner, had everyone on their feet. Um, everybody was uh, there. You know, I interviewed Colonel Schaefer. Everybody went to the couch with Ed and Karen and the bunch. Um, you know, but the problem is, uh, you know, for RAV and nighttime program is it ends early. If people are out of there by five, six, six o'clock, yeah. you know, except when Trump spoke. Well, they got to go so, watch our show. What are yeah. You so about? then they can watch the show, you know, but <laughs> there's not a lot of programming at a certain time. Um, but uh, I, I can't say enough about it. And let me tell you, and I'll get into it later. When Trump speaks, I don't think there's any candidate in the United States, even DeSantis, who holds a candle to what Trump said. And he ended the speech and said, this is my agenda. I bring you today to save America from destruction. He was great. Yep. He was on point. I said it at the opening of the show before he really you got here. Well. When he's on message and he's laying out policy like he did, um, 
you know, the first four minutes of the speech, it was kind of like the poor, poor me self-defense thing again. We're kind of rehashing. We, like everybody who's there knows that. Everybody who's there, you know, is an ardent supporter of you. Everybody who's there already knows all the things that were done. So, like, I'm not crazy about the first four minutes of the speech. Yeah. But literally from about that minute to the end, it was as good as you can possibly get. I yeah. Mean, he's, like you said, if he is like – when he's like that, and you notice there wasn't a single – I saw Larry O'Connor's video today, of course, from WMAL and watched, and he's fantastic – and Larry O'Connor said, you know, let, I want to show you the part where he attacked this and attacked DeSantis and called them this and called them that. He said, oh, I can't show you that because he didn't do that. And, he, and, and he, when, he is, when he's laying out policy, laying out vision, giving these stories about how he dealt with these people overseas, when he dealt with all these leaders around the world, he's untouchable. You're absolutely right. He's yeah, untouchable. Yeah, and they could try to bring them down all he wants, uh, all they want, the media. But once he starts speaking... He reminds you of what a great job he did as president and that there's a leadership vacuum in the world. Now, the Chaikam are giving the Russians an out. That should be Trump on that. But there is no Trump and there's nobody. And can you picture any of these candidates? Candidate Nikki Haley, the forum was empty for her, but packed for Trump. So the media took the picture of the Nikki Haley part and right. then showed it. And like nobody mm -hmm. came to CPAC and it's not true. Uh, I would say there was still six, seven thousand people there. It was a great crowd. Um, so um, the and the other thing was that I don't know of any other candidate. Even Vivek, you know, Vivek says, uh, you know, I'm a friend of Trump's, but then he bashes Trump and says, you didn't do enough at the border. Well, who in the heck in this universe did more on the border than Trump getting the Mexican mm. government? I didn't hear him say that. That's yeah, he attacked Trump. Because I like a lot of what he says. Like, I, do I don't too. know him that well, but I like a lot of what he says. He made a mistake. He had this party, but he had it in a hotel room. So 350 people tried to get into a hotel room. It was a big logistical error. It was a novice mistake for him, um, you know, and I like what his agenda, too, but I don't know if I 100% trust it yet. We have to vet it out. Right. But, you know, here he is attacking Trump. Trump got 20,000 troops on the northern border and 6,000 troops on the Guatemalan border. Cut the deal through the USMCA deal. Biden can't do that. Um, I don't think Nikki Haley could do that. So they, Nikki Haley gets off the stage. They rush her out. You know, she's a little bit of leader. She did a great job as a U.N. ambassador, ambassador to the U.N., you know, and cut the deals for Trump, opened up the doors to the Middle East for all these peace accords and everything. But she's not a person of the people. And all the other candidates, who else is going to do this? Who else is up to the task to do this? That's what I question for our audience. We said it when he went to Ohio. Uh, Andrea Weiberg has a piece today in The American Thinker about, about this. Um, as Trump gets his mojo back, she said, Democrats' attacks will start to get uglier. And she talks about the fact that basically in the opening paragraph that um, – you know, Trump's turnaround began when he went to East Palestine and focused on the Biden government's failures and the American people instead of sniping at other potential primary challengers. And I feel like that's what he did at CPAC as well. Left all that other nonsense off the off the stage. Didn't there's no it reason was less to bring hyperbole. It there. Yeah. 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 I absolutely agree. D uh, Delgado, jump in here. Did you see his speech? Uh, I saw clips of it. And and you're right. You know, I, I really can't. I'm not going to sit here and just pat you on the back saying, Damon, you nailed it. But but you nailed it. You're right. When he's laying out his agenda. You get the sense that he cares. 
Because he does. Nobody he, connects with the American right. people on the level he does. Nobody exactly. can. And, and and a friend of mine, and, and David, you know John Laval. Um, he's, yeah. he, he used to lead the Suffolk County GOP here, helped, uh, you know, help Trump in was 2016. Was a surrogate for Trump. Yeah, yeah. was yeah. a surrogate. He said when he had never met him before, when he finally met him, he said he couldn't believe how down to earth this guy was. And when he gets into a room when people, and, and you, Damon, you said he connects with people, and that's what he does. He goes, he can command, he tells the best stories. That was John's big takeaway. He goes, the, the greatest thing about this guy is, as a communicator is he can tell the best stories. He's get, like you said, the comedic timing. It's funny. It's interesting. And he just commands the room. So even though you look at him and it's like, oh, my goodness, this is the guy we've seen on TV. He's got his name on these buildings. He's got this. He can have a one-on-one with you and make you feel like he's connecting with you. And you walk away going, I just uh, I feel like I have a friend now. One of the beautiful things about being in New York really quick, Damon, is that, you know, we uh, I'm in construction and I hear from people all the time. I used to work for Trump organization in the city. I was a concrete worker. You came over. What kind of rebar are you using? How many PSI are you using? You go to the doorman. How are you today? The limo drive always took the time to be with the regular people. And uh, it's just the way it is. And at at Mar-a-Lago and other events, um, you know, he goes over to the security guard, the police officer. He spends like an hour and a half with them he doesn't get you know yeah he's not an opportunity i'll tell you one of the other things one of the other things about the speech um when he tells these stories about dealing with leaders overseas and other other whoever's um he said in the speech at one point he said i i wish some of these conversations could have been recorded so people could hear how i had to talk to some of these people he said he said something like it would make people think uh very highly of me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mean like with Putin and stuff? Yeah, how yeah. he and I, I'm thinking to myself, he's such a savage when you know he's just so no nonsense and he's smart. Yeah, and smart mixed in, and the whole art of the deal, all that mixed in. And I'm thinking to myself, it's could you just imagine what the phone calls seem like are like with uh, whoever's running the deal now? Obviously Biden, if he's on the phone, but probably not. But uh, even Anthony Blinkton and and you look at the Secretary of Defense, that guy who runs that outfit over there, um, you, you just you just don't get you don't get any sense of seriousness with any of these people. The the way when I listen to him talk about how he dealt with world leaders and the things he had to say, and that comment of "I wish these conversations were recorded so some of you could hear it," right? It just kind of gives you an idea of how hard and how much he drove the policy and the conversation to say almost like it's my way or no way right. and in, board, in another pal. way yeah. he says it in a smart way like he said during the speech i said to putin you know uh you could do it you could do whatever you want but then added something like and you know basically saying you can't do whatever you want yeah and you have to listen to us in the end he, he said pretty quippy he, he said they knew that i wasn't gonna he said something like he, they knew I wasn't going to do exactly what I said, but they said to themselves, it's oh, a 10% chance. There's a 10% chance this guy might be totally nuts. So let's not do anything. It was one of those deals. So, you know, um, what? there was one other instance that I think we played it here. I don't know if you were even here that night, Dame, uh, where there was a clip of Trump coming out of a hotel while he's president. And it's the first time I think I've ever seen a president do something like this. He went over to the bellhop, the guy, you know, the guy who shows up and moves your luggage. Yeah, He's just standing clip. there. Yep. You saw it, right? Mm-hmm. Reaches into his pocket and he, he tips the guy. He tips mm-hmm. the guy mm-hmm. as president. No president goes around with a lot of bills in their pocket no. ready to lay out tips. No. This guy does it because that's the way he was brought up 
is to you take care of the people that are taking care of you. So let's talk. Um, do you have something you specifically want to talk about, or do you want? Uh, I just talk- twenty seconds. Yeah, uh, I took notes, you know, on President's speech and just to highlight, like when we ended our programming, you know, he said he'll never ever be hostage to the globalist, and he's going to obliterate the deep state, and the globalists will never control me. And people want America first policies. They're tired of the rhinos and globalists. We took in four hundred forty billion back from China. We're going to reverse the government's DEI and SEL policies. And most, he wants parents to be able to fire their own principles. The 176 Commission, 76 Commission is going to teach our kids to love the USA again. And then he said he's not going to let sexual, uh, you know, uh, perversion go on in our schools. And he's going to reverse uh, the CRT efforts that Biden reversed, that he set in place, the anti-CRT efforts. And he's going to take on, he was the only president to ever take on the Washington elites. Um, and he just went on and on. And he said the most important thing I took away, that he would have NATO match dollar for dollar what the U.S. gives to the yeah. Ukraine. Here's how you know the speech was uh, effective. People took notice, like on CNN, they were they were savaging him this morning. Uh, there was some guy on CNN, some nutcase crackhead, on, crackpot on CNN, talking about how dangerous the speech was. And uh, I know the the dimwits on the View had some thoughts as well. Not not that I care, but they had thoughts. So that's how you know people were paying attention because um, they see the numbers. And they know that there's 30, 35% of that base that's going to be there for him no matter what. And the more people that jump in this primary, the more it gets spread out, the better for him. So people are starting to take notice of the numbers already. DeSantis or no DeSantis almost doesn't matter at this point. Because you're going to get, you got Haley, you got whoever, you're going to get Tim Scott, you're going to get Pompeo, you're going to get Pence. You know, you may get a couple other stragglers in. Again, if I'm President Trump, I welcome all of that. And then if DeSantis makes a move, he makes a move, and we'll take it from there. But he's got 35% of the base locked up, and you look at these numbers, and you look at that speech, and you look at uh, what he did in Ohio, and if he stays on message, and he, and he continues to just talk about taking out the deep state, no one's going to have the foreign policy chops that he's going to run on. Nobody. Uh, maybe Pompeo and Pence to some degree, but not like him. Uh, I, I, I tell you, someone's got their work cut out to catch him. All right, we'll talk more about CPAC with David. We'll do more sports and news coming up live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. And we'll get into the Getter Chat, see what you guys are thinking. from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. David Zier sitting in with us. Uh, Delgado's doing news. We'll do it in a second. GeoFran holding it down as always. We're going to talk a little bit more about CPAC. We'll get into some of the uh, stuff I want to cover today. Uh, one thing at CPAC, though, that I didn't get... Uh, some strange things going on at CPAC. Um, do you get that clip of that weird thing at CPAC there? Maybe the strangest thing that I have the most questions about um, would be this. Roll that, Shane. That's Harry with the hustle. It's Harry with the hustle, exactly. <laughs> Harry on the dance floor. I see blackmail in his future. <laughs> Look at Harry. Oh, 
Oh. Put a pair of skates oh. on Harry oh. and let him go. Let's go. Heavy on the feet, boy. Well, I got me a CPAC. Harry's now. about to break. <laughs> You're about to break a hip. Be careful. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Harry, man. get the cement out of those shoots. Would exactly. You oh, exactly. my God. <laughs> Every man, part of his body man. was moving except his feet. <laughs> what was that move called? That's what they did all week. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> there's Terrence getting down, and then, then there's Harry. I don't know what. I'm not sure what that was. Some true insight into Harry's work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, meanwhile, Ed and Karen are like, Harry, can you focus this up, please? And no, look out. There he goes. Um, oh, I can't say enough about the crew and the guys who sat there all day, you know, setting up and breaking down to one in the morning. And Harry, you know, uh, these guys got very little sleep um, and just crushed it. They crushed it at CPAC. But I think CPAC should be at night so the America can watch it when they get home from work. I really do believe good that. Good point. Mm. Good point. That is a good point. Very good. All right, we'll talk more CPAC. Let's do some news and sports, though. We'll start with news and hear what that's Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds. By the way, 50% off. I don't know if that's still going this week. I think it was to Sunday night. I'll have to check. Well, you could check. Put in the code, and it'll tell you. LFS6B, earlytreatmentmeds.com. If you're looking for ivermectin, fluvoxamine, uh, pa- oh, not Paxlovid. Good God, no. Um, Tamiflu. <laughs> Uh, they got all kinds of great stuff. Check it out, earlytreatmentmeds.com. What's going on, Rick? All right. Well, remember I was talking to you about the uh, the leaked messages from the U.K. health minister. Well, there's another story coming out of the U.K. in regards to COVID as new memos unmask a secret deal between the U.S. and Britain to hide COVID vaccine-adverse Events is coming from Just the News. President of Judicial Watch Tom Fitton said in recent documents obtained by the Watchdog Group revealed that the U.S. was involved in a secret deal with the U.K. to keep information about adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine hidden from the public. Why would we want to tell the public to know that this stuff could hurt you? They were talking about anaphylaxis responses and adverse events related to the vaccine. Fitton said on Wednesday's edition of Just the News, No Noise with uh, John Solomon, they were sharing information with their U.K. counterparts. I just want to jump in here. Yeah. Uh, take Me to the Sea, I think, has it right. <laughs> it says... Harry doing the Nadler shuffle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That's wow, good, that's that's about right. That, yeah. That's he, the winner. Right. That's, that's right. not right. That's Harry's not better right. off shampooing the rug than cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> the news continues. Judicial Watch announced it received 57 pages of heavily redacted records from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services that showed just two days prior to FDA approval of the Pfizer BioNTech. COVID-19 vaccine, a discussion between U.S. and U.K. health regulators regarding the COVID shot and anaphylaxis, with the regulators emphasizing their mutual confidentiality agreement. Fitton said the information revealed is troubling, to say the least. Why are we engaged in a secret deal to keep secret information about adverse events related to the vaccines, he asked. I just think it's troubling. The documents speak for themselves. Fitton added that this isn't the first time something like this had happened. It's not the first time we've seen this back when covid first emerged, he said, we uncovered documents showing there was an agreement with the Chinese where they dictated the terms of secrecy and an agreement in exchange for our ability to go over there. Looks like in order to look at the information they had on the virus at the time, obviously they weren't terribly forthcoming. 
And uh, yeah, mm. more and more, more yeah, and more just yeah. keeps coming out about the COVID mm. and the misinformation and the disinformation coming from our own federal government. And you know, when uh, the email, the Twitter file started to break, I said, boy, I can't wait till we actually get to COVID uh, after we get through this first part. And we've gotten a little bit of there, but we're actually getting more, more and more now, even just from not even Twitter, but from other places. Miranda Devine has a piece today, again, if you haven't read it. New emails show Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned scientific paper in February of 2020 to disprove the Wuhan lab leak theory. That's the headline. Yeah. Didn't he go back and try to doctor emails um, about uh, about COVID? Isn't that a story yesterday? Um, I'll pull it up for us. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know about doctored emails, but we we'll tried to we backpedal know, on them. Jim Jordan. Did you see Jim Jordan on Maria Bartiromo? Yeah. yeah. Did you see it? I saw a little bit of it. She rolled that one clip if you have it. You've got two upcoming hearings this week, the subcommittee on COVID, and then, of course, the weaponization of government. What are we going to learn this week, do you think? Well, first on the the COVID issue, understand that on... January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. So right at the get-go, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson, which says virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary. Now, these are doctors he's handed out our tax dollars to over the years. Dr. Gary's email says, I don't know how this happens in nature. It would be easy to do in a lab. That same day, February 1st, 2020. So again, right at the start, that same day, Dr. Fauci organizes a conference call. Him and Dr. Collins get on there with Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, all these other virologists. They get on there, and three days later, everybody changes their story. The same guy who said this would be easy to do in a lab says, oh, now you're crazy if you think it came from a lab. The same guy that says, I don't know how this, that, that this, would, uh, that this does, that looks engineered, he changes his story. And then the kicker is, yeah. three months later, those same two doctors, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, get a several million, uh, several million dollar grant from Dr. Fauci to continue their research. So the the fundamental question is, why was Dr. Fauci so consumed with making sure the narrative wasn't about the lab? I think it's because they were doing gain-of-function research there. He didn't want that out. And and that was the narrative that everyone on the left bought into, even though the facts and common sense, maybe most importantly, pointed to the lab leak theory. All right, hold it right there, Jason. This is something... We'll get back to this clip. There's a little more to it. But uh, that that is the basis for Miranda Devine's... um, piece today in the New York Post. So if we have time, we'll get to both of that. Uh, let's do a little sports though before we wrap it up. And here with the sports, I lost the clock here, G. Um, here with sports is Slick Rick. Rick Emirati brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. What's going on, Slick? Uh, well, here's a story that's developing as we speak and really taking on a uh, life of its own. Colorado police investigating John Morant after IG live video. This is uh, Ramona Shelburne and Liz Morell of ESPN. Police in Colorado said Monday they are investigating John Morant's actions from the weekend after the Memphis Grizzlies star posted an Instagram live video in which he displayed what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub. Uh, the Glendale Police Department confirmed the incident and took place at a bar in Glendale, a small enclave, uh, surrounded, enclave surrounded by Denver, known for its strip clubs and shopping centers. The department said it's investigating whether Morant might have broken any gun laws. A source told ESPN it happened at Shotgun Willie's, which builds itself as a gentleman's club. ESPN contacted Shotgun Willie's on Monday, and a person answering the phone repeatedly hung up on a reporter. Colorado is an open carry state, although there are some exceptions to the law, including the carrying of a firearm on federal property. It is illegal in Colorado to possess a firearm while under the influence of 
alcohol, which may have been the case. NBA rules prohibit a player from possessing a firearm while on team property or traveling on team business. In the video uh, live streamed by Moran, it is not clear whether he is intoxicated, but others are shown drinking. Captain James Dilly, uh, Jamie Dillon uh, told the AP that police did not receive any calls or complaints that Moran's actions uh, about his actions, but began looking into the matter Saturday after learning about the video circulating online. Now, he was supposed to have taken off two games from his team. He had an excused absence from his team in the NBA. Apparently, he was going to get some help, Big D. And he decided <laughs> to get some help, all right, but not in the right way. Not a good look. This is one of the top players in the NBA, young man. And, uh, and he's suspended right now from the team, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And I believe the team said there's no timetable on his return right now. So in the, in the, in the chase of the playoffs here, to get a home court number one seed or, or at least get some seed where you can have a home game. Um, yeah. And he could lose 50 games because the NBA has stipulations. You're not supposed to have a gun. You're not supposed to travel with a gun on any, any air flight. All right, quick hour one. I can't believe that's the hour already gone. Hour two coming up. Real America's Voice live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Monday, Real America's Voice. I was going to say live from Studio 6B again. Real America's Voice, glad you're in on a Monday night. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Slick Rick's doing some sports. David Zier's been joining us on his after his trip to CPAC. We'll talk more about that. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Lots to try to get to in Hour 2. We'll definitely get to CPAC. Um, we have a uh, WTF of the day. Got some stuff David did at CPAC, so lots to get to. I opened the show talking about Biden, and this the, one of the bigger shams ever perpetuated on the American people is Biden's relationship with the African-American community. And um, here, he, here he is this weekend in Selma. Now, why a, why a racist and segregationist in his early years would be in Selma, I have no idea. But uh, he, there he is. Because this, they perpetuate this idea that somehow Biden's down with, um, you know, always down with, the, with civil rights and all this, which, of course, he has not been. He's lied about it consistently. He has said racially charged uh, racist things his entire career. He embraced uh, James Eastland and others early on in his Senate career, in his uh, political career. Bragged about it. Uh, bragged about other known racists uh, applauding him and working with him. He uh, obviously, his party uh, took a little known senator out of West Virginia who was the Grand Kleagle of the KKK and made him their Senate leader named Robert Byrd, who Biden and Obama both eulogized at his funeral. And he opposed integration of the schools in the 70s. That's right. I played the NPR radio interviews for you multiple times on this show um, where Biden opposed busing. And I told you, Kamala Harris took him apart. 1975, he said, I think the concept of busing, that we're going to integrate people so that they all have the same access and they learn to grow up with one another and all the rest, 
is a rejection of the whole movement of black pride, said Biden. Desegregation, he argued, was, quote, a rejection of the entire black awareness concept where black is beautiful. Black culture should be studied in the cultural awareness of the importance of their own identity, their own individuality. That's 1975, how he started his career. He worked with Jesse Helms out of North Carolina to block court-ordered busing. He praised the work of Jesse Helms. He lauded his relationships, like I said, with James Eastland, Strom Thurmond, John Stennis, all proud segregationists. Eastland often referred to blacks as an inferior race. And he, alongside with Talmadge, Thurmond, and Stennis, signed the Southern Manifesto 1956, which opposed the Supreme Court's landmark ruling of Brown v. Board v. Education, 1954, which ruled that segregation in public schools was unconstitutional. Biden said of these segregationist senators in 2019, 2019, at least there was some civility. We got things done, he said. We didn't agree on much of anything. We got it finished. But today you look at the other side and you're the enemy, not the opposition, the enemy. We don't talk to each other anymore. Of the two-party system, Biden said in 1973 that it was a benefit to black people. I think the two-party system although my Democratic colleagues won't like me for saying this, is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South, he said. This is Joe Biden. Other than the fact that the Southern senators still call me boy, he said. (laughs) I think they've changed their mind a little bit. Corn pop. Yeah, corn pop was a bad dude. I should have worn that shirt tonight. 1977, he said, quote, unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions built so high that it's going to explode at some point. So I could go through example after example after example of this guy. But he goes to Selma and here he is. Cut one, G. Roll that. This fundamental right remains under assault. The conservative Supreme Court has gutted the Voting Rights Act over the years. All right, stop it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that is so patently false, I don't even know where to begin with it that they've gutted the Voting Rights Act. Now, if you ask Joe Biden, where are all the claims of, where are all the individuals who have claims going to the Supreme Court to fight for this? He couldn't name any, not one. He's such a vicious liar. And see, he lies in generality. He won't get specific, as you'll see coming up here. He'll just throw things out there pander his ass off down there because that's what he does and of course the media as they have his whole career let him let him slide like he's some great uh patriot and uh, partner of the civil rights movement when he is absolutely the opposite of that they've gutted this the i mean it's it's absolutely insane how stupid this guy is you know, people hear it and they just go, oh, they did, huh? Yeah. Oh, they must have gutted it. I, I, what do they know? And Trump's done none of those things. None of them. Well, the funny thing is uh, that most of them don't even look into it. They'll just take it as gospel. And that's the problem. You got too many too many sheep, too many lemmings that are sitting there going, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever he just said. Yeah, of course they did. Because that's what they want to believe. They need to believe that they're so invested in the lie that they can't believe anything else. They, they won't even believe it. If you, if you show it to them right in their face, they won't believe it because sure. that, that goes against 
what they've been what they what they hold on to. They're so they're so attached to that emotionally, they can't let it go. Left, it has uh, to be Republicans are bad. It has to be. Yep. That's why they keep chasing Trump with nothing. That's why they keep losing. It, nope. It's it's insane. And and you know, you, you say blame the media. They're a good portion of the blame, but I, I blame even more the black politicians who are Democrats who let them get away with it. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones who are sitting there riding that coattail. You know, hey, anything that Joe says, we're on board because, well, you know, he said it. I mean, even they know he's lying, but they dare not say anything. Why? Because it benefits them financially. That's why. You know, there's a big movement, especially at CPAC. You got all these uh, reverends and black leaders, Pastor Leon Benjamin, this guy Mike Randolph from northern New Jersey, and Vince Everett Ellison, who wrote The Iron Triangle, I've had on the show many times. They're fed up with the black leadership telling them, and they're black guys, and they're going to the blacks saying, listen, there's a stranglehold on your population by the DNC, and it's time to look inward, fight out of this system Stop voting for Democrats. And I interviewed a bunch of them. I'll share them later in the week. Um, but their message is extraordinary. He panders like I've never seen. The whole party does. They take, um, they take the black vote for granted. They have for decades. Um, and this idea that somehow Joe Biden has this strong relation with the civil rights movement is a joke. Finish this clip, G. Go ahead. Hence the 2020 election, a wave of states... And dozens, dozens of anti-voting laws fueled by the big okay, lie. Stop. See, what, see what I mean? <laughs> wave of states. You think he could name one? Name one wave in that wave of states. Let's name one. Well, it's not Georgia. That's the one I know he wants to point to because that was all record turnout this year. Last year, whatever it was. And it was record turnout in 2020 for them as well. It was record turnout everywhere. See, what, Joe, what, he, what he wants to say is what these, what these states are trying to do is make it so that people who are not allowed to vote can't vote. Not, they're not holding down people who can vote. They're trying to stop people who can vote, which, of course, he doesn't want to say because he needs those votes. So they're trying to make it harder for those people not to vote. A wave of states. Yeah, name one. Of course, he won't name one. It's why he's not getting specific there. Go ahead. And the election deniers now elected to office. The new law here in Alabama, among other things, enacted a new congressional map that discriminated against black voters by failing to include what should have been a new predominantly black district. Nonsense. That Stop case. It. That's just such so nonsense. Like, I mean... Think, just think about what he said, predominantly black voters in one, uh, one district. That would absolutely favor Republicans. We've talked about the suburbs and how diverse the suburbs are. More than ever, the suburbs are diverse right now. We've talked about AFFH on this program, what they're trying to do with AFFH to make the cities move out to the suburbs. So he's trying to use this redistricting thing as some kind of argument, and he argues it backwards. You, I mean, it's crazy. That w what he just described would favor the Republicans, not his party. They'd rather have him spread out in all kinds of districts. Go ahead, G. 
as you all know better than I, is in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And my U.S. Department of Justice has joined many of you in arguing that the map violates the Voting Rights Act. Oh, get this idiot off of here. That's enough of here. God almighty, get out of here. What a jerk. So hard to listen. It's just so just the lying is so blatant and just people let him slide with it. Of course, the media just lets him slide with it. It's just the idea that Joe Biden has any serious connection or has any serious um, feelings or has done anything serious to add to the cause of civil rights or uh, African-American community. It's, it's just nonsense. He's the, he, he's everything that they fight against Joe Biden. And he I should has, know better. Yeah. Like you can't walk into a 7-Eleven with finding an Indian guy behind the counter with a large uh, Indian yeah. accent or whatever he said. Yeah. You ain't, if you, you voting for Trump, you, you ain't black. Yep. If okay. that's not the perfect summation of taking the black vote for granted, I don't know what is. Or, or referring to Barack Obama, is, uh, he's a first mainstream African-American who's articulate. Articulate. Bright yeah, and clean. Clean and articulate, I think yeah. he said. Clean, I think, is the word he clean. actually used. Articulate, bright, and clean. Yeah, yeah, Joe Biden. Let's have him sell us so we can march down the street with Al Sharpton. Hold hands with Al Sharpton. Wow, what a picture. Unbelievable. Um, let's talk about CPAC, David. David Zier's with us. Um, tell me about the energy of just the people. Our people, we sit here every night. We watch the great people on, on uh, the Getter chat. Obviously, I talked a couple days leading up to CPAC who was going. Didn't get a ton of people. I, I, have, I have, have seen tonight some people said they were there, met the Zen master, met some people, which is good to see. But obviously the, the RAV booth was very busy. Talking a little bit here, and we'll talk some more when we get back. Just kind of the energy of the regular say, people you met with. I would say that about half the people there, gigantic RAV fans, everyone came up to me and the other personalities there and just raved over RAV. You're the only ones telling the truth. <clears throat> and there weren't that many major media outlets. You know, Fox in the past, CPAC in Texas, they're wearing masks, assembling their booth. People didn't go over to Fox Nation booth. And uh, they sponsored the whole event. This year, Fox was out. They were not there. And, uh, you know, because they hate Trump, too. Get tomatoes thrown um, at them. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So that was the real reason. They don't have the connection that we do. Nobody does. I just wanted to share with you a couple of key interviews that I really took away. Outside of regular people being really informed, like this guy Jim Nails, who was telling me about Chicago Police Department suicide rates up 60%. But I interviewed higher rate chick from the libs of TikTok, Ashley Babbitt's mother, Mickey. Whithoff, unbelievable woman, and Tom Tatum, who tried to save Roseanne Boylan's death. Only four deaths that day were caused. They were murders, but they were all Trump supporters by the Capitol Police. Get into that another time. And Matt and Margie Kochman from Long Island, who lost two sons to overdoses within one year. And like MTG said, she blamed Biden for it, and I think she's spot on. So I have more for you coming. All right, we'll do it when we get back. Plus, we'll try to get to David's interview with Silk at CPAC. We'll watch that. Crazy town. Lots to do still. We need three hours tonight, no doubt. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. We're back right after this. sound like the blues on a Monday night slick, Rick. You hear that? That's the, that's the blues right there. All right, let me talk to you about uh, COVIDtaxrelief.org because uh, you did the tough thing through COVID. You paid your people, you pulled your business through the pandemic, and now 
doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and the tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front, zippo, zero, nothing up front. They do all the work and then share a percentage of the cash they get you. Good God Almighty. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief, all one word, dot org. Covidtaxrelief.org. All right, 18 past the hour. Time to do sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Amorati. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals for this audience. We appreciate you shopping there and using our promo code LFS6B if you're so inclined to do it. We appreciate it. Great way to support Mike. Great way to support the show. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? The show's moving so fast. I haven't gotten to any scores, Man, Big D. it's going so fast tonight. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. Let's get to some Slick Rick scoreboard here. NCAA women's all finals from earlier today. UNLV 84-47 over Nevada. Uh, Gonzaga 79-64 over BYU. And UConn 67-56 over Villanova for the ladies. NBA action right now. Good one. Celtics 104-101 over the Cavs. Late fourth. Uh, Sixes right now leading the Pacers. 132, 121, five to go in the fourth. The uh, Trailblazers are up 110, 104. That's also in the fourth over the Pistons. And uh, right now, good another good game. Hawks 92, 90 over the Heat. That's in the third. And Raptors and Nuggets just underway. NHL action. Oilers over the Sabres 2-1, end of two. Also end of two. Sharks and Jets nodded at one. Flames lead the Stars 1-0 at the end of one as well. And the Senators and Blackhawks no score there. NCAA men's got two games in action right now just underway. St. Mary's leads BYU 10-7 uh, and then Gonzaga and San Francisco, they have 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time tip out west. Let's get to a couple of stories here. William Byron wins at Las Vegas as Hendricks dominates. Let's get into NASCAR Big D AP report. Las Vegas one way or another. Hendrick Motorsports driver figure to win NASCAR's Cup Series race at Las Vegas. Kyle Larson nearly won the Pennzoil 400 regulation but a late caution put teammate William Byron in position to capture the checkered flag in overtime. Byron took the lead on the second to last lap of OT to put an exclamation mark on the dominant day for Hendrick. The top three drivers were from Hendrick with Byron, Lawson, and Alex Bowman pushing their Chevrolets across the finish line in that order. Earlier today, some big news for the Saints fans, Big D. X-Raiders quarterback Derek Carr agrees to deal with to a deal with the Saints. This is Catherine Terrell, ESPN. Former Las Vegas quarterback Derek Carr has agreed to a four-year contract with the New Orleans Saints, the team announced earlier this afternoon. Financial terms were not disclosed, but sources told ESPN that Carr agreed to a deal that could potentially be worth up to $150 million and includes up to $100 million in 
signing guarantees. Carl will receive 60, uh, 60 fully guaranteed at signing and another $10 million once he starts year three of the deal. The sources said he won $60 million in the first two years of the deal. The Saints, who finished 7-10 and 10 last season, were among three teams, including the poor Jets, who missed out on that but, uh, extravaganza, and Carolina Panthers, who were pursuing Carr for weeks. I want to get to just one more story, Big D. Um, this is a quick one here. We're going to have a video clip, too, here. Uh, so... Nike, uh, let's see, this is, this is, uh, oh, Nolte. Time to forgive Will Smith, says father of Serena and Venus Williams. John Holte, a bright boy. Richard Williams, father of tennis legends, Venus and Serena Williams, says it's time to forgive Will Smith. I'd say it's long past time. I think he's done the best thing he needed to do, but I would never be discussed, discussed with Mr. Smith. Matter of fact, I appreciate Mr. Williams. Uh, he told Good Morning America. Williams said he didn't feel sorry. This was from the Academy Awards last year, almost a year ago. The famous slap with, uh, you know, uh, that was a, an unbelievable story with Chris Rock. So we got the video from uh, Bill Maher, and that was on the other night, him talking about it with Russell Brand. Gee, roll that. No, this is this is Bill Maher. Bill Maher is talking about Djokovic. Oh, not, jo- uh, oh Djokovic, right. I get, I get the... Uh, not, um, that, by the way, it's not time to forgive that punk. Yeah. And Chris Rock, if you saw his Netflix live show, agrees with me. It's not, it's not time to forgive him for what he did. He's a punk. Yeah, well, Will Smith. He got banned from the the academy for ten years, so I guess that'll continue to go on with that. But uh, that's, uh, this is Serena Williams. Obviously, he had that King Richard movie that he played, so that's really where he's coming from with that. Do you have the uh, Djokovic story? I have the Djokovic story as well. Obviously, uh, there was news today that he was banned uh, from the, uh, the match in Florida. I don't know in front of me, and uh, we can show that event. You know, this is with, this is over the vaccine. He can't How come into stupid. the United States. It's asinine. I yeah. mean, as as you'll see here, this country is stuck on stupid. Roll yep. that clip, Jake. He's a tennis player, Novak Djokovic. He's like the best player ever. He's ever so good at tennis. He's dedicated his life to it. What's right. your point, sir? He can't. <laughs> I'm telling you. He is so good. <laughs> oh, you should see him oh, play tennis. He, he cannot... He right can, over the net it he, goes. He cannot... <laughs> Uh, he cannot get into America. No. He'd like to be playing at the, uh, I think it's coming up, the Miami Open or something. He is unvaccinated, but he's had COVID twice. See, this, again, natural immunity. Something we always used to understand was, like, better than the actual vaccine. Somehow that got to be reversed. But I, the, the, the head of the Miami tournament, I, I read a quote for him yesterday. He's, he's trying to get Djokovic in, and he said, uh, there doesn't seem to be any imminent danger. Imminent danger of a man playing tennis, of a man who's had it twice standing al- alone, a sport where you're alone in the middle of a stadium outside, outside. in a country where everyone's already had it. Yeah. No imminent danger. This country is stuck on stupid. It just is. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody's dying of COVID in the United States anymore. No. It's bull. Yep. Yeah, just think about how stupid this is. And good for, I, listen, I've been, I've been posting, listen, you don't have to agree with, you're not going to agree with still 90% of what he talks about, but is there anyone else like Bill Maher or Russell Brand talking about these things on that side of the aisle? We are, oh yeah, I know. I've been, I've been posting clips of Bill Maher and I take all kinds of heat for it, no matter what it is, I already post him for. I mean, because he's makes sense on some of these things and no one else talks about it. Joe Rogan. Rogan, Yeah. yeah. Do you Rogan today? I'd vote for Trump over Biden. I wouldn't vote for Biden. He said Biden's gone. He said <laughs> Biden is gone. And then, you know, you got to rely on his cabinet. And he said, I knew his cabinet was going to be a bunch of woke equity check bark mocks, uh, check, you know, check the box kind of that they just fill in whether they're gay or this or that, whatever, whatever one they fit. That's what this whole cabinet is going to be made up of. 
Uh, he said, I'd vote for Trump before I vote for Biden. You know, uh, really quick, only 0.5.3 people per day have been dying per state in the United States from COVID over the last couple of weeks. And 7,000 people die a day from other things in America. So yeah. it's non-existent. And of course, he's like he said, he's had it twice. Standing outside in the wind, in the sun, by himself, hitting a ball over the net. No, he can't come in. <laughs> I mean, just... Pl- I, I, yeah, best tennis player in the world, too. Yeah. He could sneeze on the ball, Damon. He could sneeze on the ball and then yeah. hit it over. Maybe it'll oh. jump off. And, and yeah, it's or when possible. he shakes his hand at the end, you know, if he doesn't sanitize his hand, you know. Well, I mean, you could always, uh, I don't know if you remember Nassau County uh, executive when oh, she was talking gosh. about people, you know, if they're going to play tennis, right? Yeah. Maybe he could bring his own balls as long as he doesn't touch anybody else's balls. Yeah. Or if <laughs> exactly. a ball from somebody else rolls over, yeah. uh, he could kick their balls, but he can't yeah. hit, He can't grab their balls. She's so. not in office anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's your point. Yeah. It really is stupid. Him sneezing on the balls or something like that is about as stupid as about as right up there with about Guam tipping over. So, I mean, that's how stupid that is. What so. a racket. That was a good point, Rick. And that <laughs> was very racket. funny, Rick. Two Ricks. Two what Ricks. a racket. I get, I get it, Slick Rick. What a racket. I got it. All right, more David Zier, CPAC coming up. We'll look at his uh, interview with Silk. At CPAC coming up right after this. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you're in. Crazy Town as well. Lots of things happening at CPAC here in Washington, D.C. The question I'm asking people out there is, who should Trump pick for his vice presidential nominee? Let's hear what they have to say. Oh, those are, there are many good choices out there. Um, he can choose Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, as long as they contrast with him like Mike Pence did with him back in 2016. So honestly, there's a lot of good choices out there. I think he should pick who he thinks <laughs> is the best person for that job. I'm in South Carolina. And um, there's a lot of mixed thoughts about uh, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, some others who uh, are throwing their names in or have thrown their names in. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Ben Carson, personally. Well, okay, let's just be honest. A lot of people are saying that, and I think there's a lot of uh, merit behind saying that Nikki Haley is currently running for a VP spot. Uh, I think she'd be fine as president or as vice president. Uh, I do think that given what I've seen, the lack of criticism that Trump has given her, maybe he has, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think he might be supporting that idea of having a Haley uh, VP. I hope that he chooses someone like a, a Nikki Haley or, or, or Carrie Lake, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, someone that's aggressive, ready to fight for America, and willing to put it all on the line, just like the Donald Trump and uh, his family did. Rather than say now who I'd like for to be his VP pick, I'm going to trust his judgment when it's time for him to make that choice. Gosh, I, you know, I think Carrie Lake has a lot of momentum behind her. I think she's really stood strong. She has held to her core convictions. She hasn't let anybody, any, um, you know, political narrative dissuade her from the path and the mission that she's on to unveil voter fraud and election crimes. I think she's such a powerful voice for regular Americans across the country. She'd be a beautiful fit, in my opinion. Reporting from CPAC, I'm Christopher Carter for Real America's Voice. 
right, 31 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. I want to thank Chris Carter for another great uh, great package at CPAC. He did a bunch of great ones we'll bring you over the next couple days. Uh, Sick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing news. Geo Fran holding it down. David Zier, nice enough to join us tonight. Going to join us tomorrow night as well, I think. And tomorrow night, you're working on, you got a little little story that uh, hits a little close to home that you're going to be working on, right, tonight? And maybe some uh, uh, more tomorrow? You're not going to be able to sleep at night. Uh, New York City, uh, a New York teacher from Long Island in my school district in Suffolk County, Port Jefferson Station, Comsawag School District, Deborah Rosenquist, fifth grade teacher, was calling a nine-year-old Leo who was really a woman, uh, a girl, and the girl went home and wanted to commit suicide. Now the parents are suing the school bit district. Parents are fed up. I was outside there tonight with 500 ticked off parents, and they went into the board meeting. I'll have more on it. I did stand-up interviews. It was my daughter's fourth grade teacher. She didn't pull this with my daughter back then, but she has a history of this garbage in the school. These teachers get tenure, and maybe they feel they can push the boundaries over sure. the years. The teacher's got blue hair. She's telling the kids it's all right. She has a, a book in the room called, you know, um, I, I don't even remember the name. I'll get into it, but I, I, I will have interviews tomorrow night for you. Um, people are fed up. Long Island is on fire. And at CPAC, the main focus for everybody was Moms of Liberty, not Moms of America, power to parent. They're fed up. How much um, I, I noticed it um, absent from President Trump's speech, I guess not too all surprising because I think he's going to have to address it at some point. How many conversations about um, the vaccines did you hear at CPAC? <laughs> You know, there wasn't a lot. Uh, there wasn't a lot, you know, because we all know that most of the people who go to CPAC are either anti-vax of the COVID vax, not all vaxes. Uh, but, um, they, you know, the truth's coming out. Dr. Malone was a big presence on RAV. He was on War Room every day. He's probably the most one of the most popular people there. He's vaxxed and he's hurting oh, and yeah. he's trying to reverse it through the FLCCC mm. protocol. And there's this herb from Japan that's helping. But these people mm -hmm. are getting clots, fibrous tissues attaching to clots. Funeral directors can't embalm people. How does a um how does a GO, how does any GOP candidate, whether it's President Trump or anyone else, how how do they think they're going? Can they win the nomination without taking a position on these vaccines? Well, I think Trump's position is going to have to be that he wanted warp speed and had entrusted these companies to pursue it. But I think the companies is that and, enough? And, well, I don't know, but it's not the you know it, there's so many issues too that we have to save America on. So I I I, you know, I think the problem is that uh, these um, you know, guys like Fauci and all these guys have obviously been lying to us, um, and uh, it's it's a problem for Trump. But I think they also thought his intentions were well. So mm -hmm. I think there's a fine line to walk on it, and I think he's got to acknowledge that maybe these companies were willing to sacrifice a few for the many. And um, if his position remains even to this day that no, they're great. I saved a bunch of lives and they're great. Uh, I mean, how, how do you how do you walk that line now? Well, now, you know, might be up to a million five plus in the United States that could have died from this. And we know the capillaries have these like little tiny fibrous tissues in the blood. They're coming back. They're blocking the capillaries. So when you're a high performance athlete and you're running, you know, 20 miles an hour, that's when this is affecting you and people are dropping dead. So, you know, it doesn't happen for the regular person, but a lot of people get blood clots. My own doctor admitted it to me. You know, I'm in podiatry care. And they said there was an explosion of blood clots 16 months after the vac, 16 months after the booster. I think it's a real issue. Trump's got to get on it and get ahead of it. Yeah. All right. You interviewed a lot of people. Um, and one of them was Silk from uh, Diamond and Silk. Of course, unfortunately, Diamond, of course, passed away. I don't know what you spoke to her about. 
Um, you want to you want to set the tee this up before we roll? Yeah. So a few speakers at the event and the Ronald Reagan dinner. Carrie Lake brought down the house. Bannon was the star of the show, better than any of the candidates except for Trump. But uh, Silk um, was extraordinary, not only in front of the crowd, but then again at the Ronald Reagan dinner. But it was the first interview I did with her since her sister died. I've done a few in the past. Very moving. She brought me to tears. Check it out. Roll, Chief. I'm honored to have with us the great Silk of Diamond and Silk. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing very, very well. Right, you look incredible. Thank you so much for coming down to speak with us today. Oh, wow. You're so welcome. Yeah. So you wrote a book, right? Uh, Uprising, right? Yes. Tell us about it. Certainly. Diamond and Silk, we both wrote this book, particular book right here, Uprising. Yeah. Um, we wrote this book because, you know, the media, they love to try to uh, depict and tear their narrative about everybody. And a lot of it was lies. It was straight lies. So Diamond and Silk, we felt that it was time for us to tell our truth. And that's why we wrote the book, Uprising. So you can get the book at diamondandsilkbookstore.com or diamondandsilkstore.com. Diamondandsilkstore.com. Get the book. If you want to know about us, where we came from, how we got into this political uh, arena, hey, get the book, diamondandsilkstore.com. Now, you're, you have a massive following, and, and people loved your message for so many years. Uh, what are your plans going forward, and um, are you? Uh, what do you expect out of CPAC this Year. Well, my plans going forward is to continue to torch. One thing about Diamond, she died on the heels of trying to save America. That was her number one goal. Yeah. And guess what? A lot of people said and sat back and said, all I knew to say it was, uh-huh, and that's right. But And they think I'm silent. But I keep trying to tell people that silent can be a little violent, okay? So I am Silk, all right? And you all are my co-hosts, okay? My Diamond Dream Team. So we have our little pins here that represents our Diamond Dream Team. You can also get that at diamondsilkstore.com. And we're going to continue on because we have a country to save. You know what I'm saying? We have an imbecile in the White House. We have liars that's, that's running our country. Our country has been sieged by this regime. But right now, it's time for we, the, as the American people, to come together collectively and save this country. Wow. Well, that's really important. So let's get a little granular here for the last minute or two. Um, isn't it conspicuous that certain candidates are not here at CPAC this year? Is this a protest of Trump. You know, the conservatives, we're the people who own businesses. We're the people who fought certain things the government's trying to dump on us. Yeah. You can't alienate us, right? You can't alienate us, but here's the deal. They're showing their true colors, and it's time for us to see exactly who's in our corner. They are supposed to be representing we, the American people, okay? They're supposed to be our voices, but if they're not here, now we get to see exactly who they are. Okay? They're not in our corner. All right? That's why we need President Donald J. Trump. He's been here for we, the American people. Okay? Since day one. He has not left our side. He's right here with us. And that's what a lot of these different individuals that's supposed to be representing us, they need to be here as well, representing we, the American people. Uh, Silk, you got me all emotional here. You know? Uh, what a message. What a message. No, 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 no. I'm, that's, I'm channeling my inner diamond. That's what's going on here. <laughs>
Well, keep up the good fight. Yeah. Go out and get the book. Where can people get Uprising? They can get the book at diamondandsilkstore.com. Uh, extraordinary message, and what a fight you got in you, and keep it up. Wow. So what about it got you uh, emotional? Uh, you know, she was very powerful. I felt like Jesus reached out and touched me, and I got, you know, like— mm. She was extraordinary, and she gave me her sister's diamond brooch, you know, at the end, and I just, I lost it for about 15 minutes. I couldn't get it together, so, and I was waiting for the godfather to shake me. You're going to be a man, you know, and I, so, um, but I got it together, and I was able to continue. All right. Very moving. Great stuff, as always. Great stuff. All right, G, do we have time? Uh, we'll save it. All right. No, we'll save crazy time. Let's do some news actually here. We'll do some news so we can do it in the last segment on uh, here with the news is uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, turns out down in Atlanta, I don't know if you heard about the Antifa terror attack on the future cop training center um, of the 23 suspects that were arrested. Only two are from the state of, uh, of Georgia. Uh, Atlanta police have named 23 of the 35 Antifa extremists who say they assaulted their police officers and torched the future cop training facility, which has been nicknamed Cop City. Only two are from the state of Georgia, as were first reported by Fox 5 in Atlanta, and all of them have been charged with direct domestic terrorism now i guess we wait for the fbi to show up at all their houses at three in the morning and knock down the doors and uh you know show up with long guns uh, 20 strong to go through everything that they own yeah just uh, we like, probably we won't just like that. the summer of 2020 right and the right. chop and yeah. all that yeah and, and the way you know if anybody who's uh pro-life. people outside the white house and the republican uh night the president trump accepted the nomination again right all that as previously reported by the Gateway Pundit, the site of the future cop training center in Atlanta was put under lockdown after a massive fire caused by Antifa militants destroyed the construction site on Sunday night. The Antifa extremists tossed fireworks and Molotov cocktails, uh, because those are easy to get, uh, rocks and bricks at the police officers at the, and the construction equipment. Um, if you want, you can go on social media and see some of the footage that they've released. And it's just, it's just amazing that, you know, again, you know, you've got people like the aforementioned Jerry Nadler as he dances around with a load in his pants saying that, oh, Antifa's an idea. They're not really, really anything in particular to, to be, uh, you know, to be excited about. Um, here's, here's something that's a little different. Um, now, nah, I'm, I'm going to skip. I'll save the story for tomorrow. Um, House Democrats are feeling betrayed after an apparent Biden flip-flop on a D.C. crime bill. Uh, Check this out. As multiple House Democrats expressed anger and frustration over President Biden's decision to sign a resolution ending Washington, D.C.'s crime bill after they were were led to believe he would veto the resolution and protect the bill. According to The Hill, some of these Democratic Party lawmakers were so outraged over Biden's decision that they resorted to blasting the White House in expletive-laden epithets. One told the outlet that this is effing amateur hour. The same lawmaker uh, claimed that the White House messed this up royally. Others said Biden's decision was disappointing. The outlook yeah. reported that Biden announced his decision to send a Democrats during lunch on Thursday, and it came to a shock to the 173 House members who voted for the bill. According to their belief, Biden was planning uh, to veto the resolution and not to sign it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, let me tell you what they all saw. You know what they all saw? They saw the mayor of Chicago come in third with 17% of the vote. That's what they saw. That's exactly what they saw. All right, we'll wrap it up. More sports, crazy town. A little more with David Zier on CPAC coming up right after this.
right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B, Crazy Town Time G. Let's cue it up. The return of Smoke Jumper Joe. Oh. Roll it, G. <laughs> Can't wait. wait. It's going to be fun. When I was a smoke jumper. <laughs> Please, have a seat if there's one you have. Oh. <laughs> that old guy. I said that Again. early on in my presence. is have a seat, and then press. There, there were no chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Pressler, he's so dumb, he didn't even know there's no seats there. There's three political parties in Delaware. Democrats, Republicans, and firefighters. Well, you all think I'm kidding. <laughs> you all think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, man. That's not a joke. And I got the firefighters, and I won by a landslide of 3,800 votes. Anyway. Um, Probably not. That was in 1972, when I had a little bit of hair. You know, uh, look, um, you know, uh, when I first started in politics, How about uh, a brain? Um, you were the first outfit, not this particular firefighting group, but the State Firefighters Association were the first group to really jump behind me because you're all nuts. But folks, it's been part of my career my whole life, and I'm not going to go through it all, but you literally, my fire company at home saved my life. I came back from a trip after being away go. for a couple of days. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a, a uh, anyway, <laughs> they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. When I was down doing the last show for, with Tim Russert, Meet the Press, the last show he had done, lightning struck in a pond behind my house, went up underneath the conduit, caught, the, uh, uh, caught fire underneath the floorboards of my house. And uh, there was it during the summer. Air conditioning was on. Smoke that thick the all three stories. The reason I can assure <laughs> you that is because every piece of furniture had to be replaced because of the smoke. But guess what? My fire company was there to go in and save my wife, get her out, the cat, and my 67 Corvette. And with the climate change becoming with so severe, we're calling on you more and more and more. And the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Sound, funny sound the name makes the most significant investment in history in yeah. confronting climate change. My dad used to have an expression for real. My dad was a real, real gentleman, never went to college, but he was a, a guy who cared a lot. And my dad used to have an expression, <laughs> say, Joey, your job's about a lot more really than a paycheck. The dignity. It's about your dignity. Ugh. There's a line from the English poet John Milton that goes like this. He said, they also serve who only stand and wait. They also serve who only stand and wait. That's why I'm proposing, you know, there used to be in America, when I started this job, there were, I think, 600, don't hold me the exact number, I think 680 million billionaires in America. Not million, 680 billionaires in America. By the way, we can make all these improvements and still cut the deficit. If we start making people pay fair share. Extraordinary. Oh my gosh. They had to take the top. You know, he's actually told that story before when he had his aneurysms. He said they had to take the top of his head off to do this. He's, re he's referenced that before. Talk about a deep dive. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, they had to take the top of my head off to see, see I'm if I'm funnier than Rick tonight. Maybe not. And Maybe what did not. they find, Joe? Oh, man. Yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> they found. So they put no, it back no, and said, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
They said, Holy go on your merry way there, pal. <clears throat> if, now, they did that, go, if they did go in and check, you know which part they didn't fix? The part that allows them to walk up the stairs because he tripped again today. <laughs> oh, my did. God. I mean, come on. Stairs win again. Oh, man. Stair Force 1 is uh, up 3 nothing. <laughs> um, How about the WTF, G? Should we do that while we have time? Yeah. All right, WTF of the day. Kamala. Oh, great. On her feelings early <laughs> on on conservatism. Roll that. I'm crazy. I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, uh-huh. well, what's, why are conservatives bad, mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> um, she was the only one laughing. Oh, my God. Can you? I mean, I, I don't. That's the vice president of the United States. Can you be more unserious than she is? I really is stupid. Yeah, she she's, really is stupid. She's, she's unlikable. There's nothing. That, uh, there's nothing to like about that person. It's amazing because she did so well in that first debate where she chopped, <laughs> yeah. chopped oh, yeah. down Biden, and that was yeah. that was like her peaking. She peaked, and that's it. She's been on this downward trajectory ever since. Yeah. I think Buttigieg. I think Booty Juice peaked too. I think he's going to be on that same oh trage- projection. Goodness. So it's insane. Uh, Slick Rick, anything else in sports you want to cover? Let me just rip through some quick scores, big digs. I know we got a lot to get to. You still, uh, we got the NBA action, real quick. Heat over the, the Hawks, one twenty three, one sixteen. That's in the fourth. In the second, the uh, Raptors lead the Nuggets fifty forty one. Finals from tonight: the Cavs over the Celtics, one eighteen, one fourteen in OT. Sixes over the Pacers, one forty seven, one forty three. Good defensive battle there. Uh, Trail Blazers 110-104 over the Pistons and Pelicans and Kings tip off later on tonight, 10 o'clock. And uh, Oilers over the Saves 3-2 in 8 to go in the third. Sharks and Jets still tied at 1 with 7 to go in the third there. Flames blank in the Stars 2-zip. Levin there in the second. Blackhawks over to the Senators 1-0 end of 1. Caps and Kings they're going to be dropping the puck out at the, was it the Crypto.com Center there in uh, 10-30 tonight. And that's a wrap in Sports Big D. Back to you. Alright Slick Rick, very good. David Zier and you're going to join us tomorrow night. I I appreciate you coming in tonight. Anything else on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that we're all doing this a really long time, and our gut instinct is usually right. And Vivek Ramaswamy is a phony. Now he's blasting CPAC as of tonight in Politico, saying, you know, if we paid 100000 we could have had more straw poll people on the ground. They made me a deal, so the straw poll is fixed. Meanwhile, he got less than 1%. Trump got 62%. DeSantis only got 20%, and the rest got 1%, you know, like even Haley, who was there, you know. And I don't trust Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's a phony. And, um, you know, to say that is a lie because Trump didn't pay anybody yesterday and this week to go and vote for him at CPAC, so it's a lie. Do you think um, DeSantis and Christy Noem and some others, do you think it's a mistake not to be at CPAC, or do you think they're trying to— It's a huge mistake because, you know, CPAC is a free and open exchange of ideas for conservative thought. It's not a Republican operation. It's it's for the conservatives. And in the 70s and 80s at the Ronald Reagan Center, it was wonky. Then it grew after the Tea Party, 5,000, 10,000 people. It's only down by a couple of thousand. I think a lot of people, like I said before, can't afford to come. There's some other reasons. But it's a big mistake for Tim Scott, Christy Noem, Nikki Haley, I'm not Nikki Haley, I'm sorry, Glenn Youngkin, who right across the river in Richmond, Virginia, 
it's a it's like a bomb hit it, you know. So um, you know he needs to fix Virginia, and he should have been there because they're alienating the good people, who are the informed people, the business owners, the people who really follow what's going on, and they're not dopes like on the left. So I think it's a big mistake for these people not to be there. Mm. Uh, Youngkin can't seem to get above 50% approval rating either, so I know maybe he needs to get more in touch with the base. Maybe a better idea to go to CPAC. So I don't well. think he's really MAGA. Mm. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk more about CPAC tomorrow night. Uh, David Zier is going to join us with a follow-up on that local story here on Long Island about what's going on in that school. And, you know, education and, and health care, the two things that the right has always conceded to the left. We've talked about this. Um you know, President Trump, again, will end where we started. When he's on policy like he was in that speech, man, hard to think anybody can deal with him. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. thought the speech was great. Rick Delgado, anything else you want to touch on? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm t- uh, There's a lot I'd like to get to. We'll, we'll get to the Merrick Garland showing up in Ukraine. Of course, because of, that's where crime is. Uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, we'll get to a, a lot more stuff that we didn't get to tonight, tomorrow night. Quick show tonight, David Zier. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow night as well. Thanks, everybody, on the show. G. Fran, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you. The live from Studio 6B audience. Quick show tonight, man. We'll uh, see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.